Hey guys, Travis Greenlee here with Epic Man Radio, rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. So imagine being responsible for selling over $300 million in goods and services, doing 47 product launches, and being known as a million dollar producer in your space. How would that enhance your business as well as your life? We're going to talk about this and a whole lot more in today's episode of Epic Man Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. You're listening to Epic Men Radio. Hey guys, welcome to Epic Men Radio. Now in today's episode, we're talking with million dollar Mike Morgan. Let me tell you a little bit about Mike. He got his name for his uncanny ability to write copy that consistently brings in million dollar results. He's written in the most competitive niches online, including health, marketing, and financial, and over his career has sold over 300 million in goods and services. And when it comes to hitting triggers that makes people buy, Mike is among the elite. He's written sales copy and offering converting as high as 31%, and he's done 47 product launches since 2005, the largest with sales of 17 million as well as a host of other multi-million dollar launches. Mike, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you with us, brother. Travis, it's cool to be with you too, bro. Right on. So let's jump into it, man. I mean, clearly you've had an amazing career and continue to have an amazing career. I mean, 300 million in sales and 17 million in just one product offering. Crazy. You know, I mean, clearly among the elite. Let's step back now in terms of how you got here. You know, talk a little bit about your past and how you got started and, and looking at that path, you know, the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs. Where did you start? How did you get to this? <laughs> Dude, I've had so many twists and turns throughout, you know, throughout my life and through my career and reinvented, you know, myself and my career um, several times. When I, I started out, um, I was going to college. I got married and uh, we dropped out of college to start our first business and we opened up a, um, a bicycle shop. Hmm. And I'd been a bicycle racer for years. I raced in the Olympic trials and I'd been a state champion a few times. And, um, and I really had a passion for cycling. And so we opened up the shop and things went well. And um, we decided, oh, we need to like, do something in the winter. And we, um, we started selling skis, cross-country skis. Hmm. And um, <laughs> as luck would have it, we had like the first time ever where we'd had like two years in a row here in North Idaho, you know, without a lot of snow on the ground. Right. And, um, and it really sucked and it sent our business into a tailspin and we ended up actually even having to, to declare bankruptcy from that. Wow. I learned a lot of lessons, you know, and I learned, um, a lot about, um, about my wife too, cause we worked together mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it ended up really strengthening our relationship. Um, after that, I, um, you know, I was wanted to do something fun, so I taught scuba diving in um, Hawaii for a couple of years. And nice. Um, in fact, I got even where I could help teach instructors how to be instructors, huh. um, and that was a lot of fun. But you know, by then, my wife and I were starting to think, you know, it's time to have a family, and we moved uh, back to Seattle, and um, there I started in the brokerage business. And I spent um, 10 years total in the brokerage business um, and learned a heck of a lot about selling in that 
period of time. Right. Um, you know, I figured uh, the way I saw it was by the time I got out of the brokerage business, I really felt like I had like a master's degree in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and in um, the late 90s, um, about 1996, I started working on um, this online bond brokerage. There were all these um, brokers that were online, you know, E-Trade came on and, right. um, you know, and some of these other businesses that were um, starting to do online brokerage mm-hmm. and nobody sold bonds. And, um, you know, bonds was uh, not, you know, a huge specialty of mine, but I knew quite a bit about them and I started studying them even more. And over two years, um, I got to the point where I started the first ever online bond brokerage. And, um, but the funny thing was, is that a few weeks after we opened, um, E-Trade started selling bonds too. And they put out this press release that they were the first ones to be in the business. And uh, we knew that was a bunch of BS. So I hired a, a, a PR firm out of Seattle and we went on tour in New York. And my first, um, my first meeting there was at the Waldorf um, with a writer for uh, Dow Jones News. In fact, the same writer that wrote the uh, article that E-Trade was the first people online. Wow. And anyway, we had a great chat and a $100 breakfast, um, which was <laughs> a continental breakfast at best. Yeah. And, um, um, and like later that day, she... Uh, um, she broke her story on Dow Jones News, and my office was just getting flooded, 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 flooded with calls. In fact, they called me up. That was back in the days when, you know, you had the big brick telephones. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. I so, remember the uh, 90s, baby, the 90s, yeah. right? They called me on my brick, and they're like, what did you do? It's like our phones are going crazy. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and and we got on the map, you know, and I interviewed with uh, with Reuters and and uh, even Popular Mechanics and a few other places, and we got a lot of press out of that. And uh, a few years later, I ended up selling that, and um, that's the story in itself. Huh. Um, but then I became an executive recruiter for a few years, and that's where I really felt like I got my PhD in selling because I was selling the really the only product that could say no. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You you developed, you learned to develop thick skin at that point, didn't you? Yeah. You know, and, and really none of my deals ever like fell apart, but we're seeing deals fall apart all the time. Yeah. And, um, um, and it really like, you know, honed a lot of my sales skills and the guy who owned the company, a guy named Brian Chadwick, he was a very, very sharp salesman. And, uh, and I learned a ton from him, but I really didn't enjoy that job. And, um, I was a, uh, I've been kind of a lifelong, um, self-improvement, um, junkie, Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of people and probably like a lot of our audience. Oh yeah. And, um, um, and I was subscribed to this email list at the time. This was, um, like 2004 and I was subscribed to this email list from selfimprovement.com. And, um, I got an email one day. And it was um, really an ad for a copywriting course. Mm-hmm. And the headline on it was, uh, retire this year and make more than a doctor. And that got my attention. Right, right. <laughs> so I read, the, I read the sales letter and I kept thinking, wow, this is really perfect. Because, you know, in sales, I was, um, you know, I mean, I can connect with people pretty easy. I have a lot of empathy. But, you know, I mean, 
I didn't feel like I was really, you know, that slick kind of sales guy. And a lot of times after sales calls, I'd, you know, I'd leave and I'd be, oh, I said this and I shouldn't have ever done that. And it blew the deal for me. And, and I'm thinking, not writing sales. Well, that's cool because now I can like write something, then I can come back and I can edit all those stupid things out of it. <laughs> right. You got a second shot at it. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, so I read that ad again and I don't, you know, it just like haunted the back of my mind. And one day I was talking to my wife and, you know, by then, you know, I'd like recreated my career, what, like three or four times. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I was being really thoughtful on this one and I wanted to find what was going to be the really the right fit for me. And, that really felt like it was a good fit, even though I hadn't ri really written very much. Um, I was a, a cycling coach, and I wrote a, like a cycling um, training manual for my riders. In fact, one of my riders got second place at the U.S. Nationals. Nice. Um, and I, you know, and I wrote that, but really, I hadn't written hardly anything really since college. And um, but I knew that it was something I was good at. And um, given the, um, the opportunity, I could, you know, do it even better. Right. And so I talked to my wife one day and I'm like, you know, they say, you know, one of the really attractive things about it to me was that, you know, it was a lifestyle business, you know, and I could, you know, fit everything around it. And, you know, I could work from the beach if I wanted to. Sure. Um, and still make, you know, six figures. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I talked to my wife and I was like, you know, I don't know. It just, it almost sounds too good to be true. It almost sounds like too perfect. Mm. And they say you can make all this money. And, you know, I don't know if that was hype or not. It kind of felt real, but, you know, it felt a little bit like hype. So my wife, the wise woman that she is, mm. says, well, why don't you just contact some famous copywriters and ask them? And I thought, wow, that's a good idea. <laughs> so I send out, I don't know, seven, eight emails and, I actually got a few responses mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, you know, everything they said is real, but you know, just be aware, you know, um, for every 10 people that try, you know, maybe one person might become really successful at it. Right. And I thought, well, those are my odds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and not bad odds. I mean, it, it's certainly better than, you know, trying to win the lottery. <laughs> oh yeah. Way better than, way better than that. You know, and you know, I don't know. I've got this like confidence and swagger about my ability to, you know, be able to do certain things. And that really felt like it was in my wheelhouse. Right. So, um, you know, so I went through, you know, my first course and then, um, Probably the most successful cop living copywriter right now is a guy named Gary Bensavenga. And I got on Gary's list, and I was, you know, really um, learning a lot of what he had to say. And um, it turned out that he was about to retire. Mm. He was going to do this retirement seminar, um, and he called it the Bensavenga 100. And um, only 100 people could get in. And as it turned out, um, and it was $5,000 too, by the way. Wow. Yeah. And, um, at that point I didn't really have that kind of cash. I was in a new career and, um, you know, and just, um, um, you know, making sure I had enough to get me through what I felt would be the learning curve. So I, um, I did have an American Express line of credit. Yeah, and I, baby. <laughs> and I talked to my wife and I yeah. said, man, this thing's 5,000. I'm going to have to fly. You know, I live in Idaho. I'm going to have to fly to New York City. I'm going to have to get a hotel. Mm. You know, this is going to end up being like seven grand. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, do you think it's a really good opportunity for you to learn? And I said, yeah, I, I do. 
And I knew at that time that a lot of the really best people in the entire direct response industry were going to be there. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a good place to network too. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so she's like, well then go for it. And so I did. And it just, you know, created this, it was before I'd got paid to write a lick of copy. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went there and I, you know, was really humble. I learned a lot. I connected with a lot of people. Um, and, uh, one of them was, uh, Gary Halbert mm -hmm. and, um, Gary Halbert, um, while I was there, he invited me, he was doing a seminar like a couple of, uh, like a month later in Miami and he invited me for free. Um, and so I got home and, and I told my wife, I really think I should go to this too. Cause this is another guy who's really at the top. Sure. And, um, and she said, sure, you know, it was free. It's only going to cost you, uh, um, it's only going to cost you, you know, the flight and the hotel there and that won't be bad. So do it. So I got to Gary's, to Gary's, uh, seminar and, um, his free seminar cost me about, I don't know, seven or eight grand. John Carlton was there. I got a coach. Uh -huh. I got some coaching and I got a course from him. Uh, Michael Fortin was there. Uh, Mark Joyner was there. I bought his stuff. Gary Halbert, you know, I bought his stuff. <laughs> I just, I spent a lot of money. Right. But, you know, I knew that, you know, I'm the kind of guy that when I spend that kind of money, I'm going to get my money's worth out of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like it's going on the shelf. Mm -hmm. um, you know, systematically, I went through each course. And I used um, John Carlton's advice and, and guidance. And I paid for a whole lot of mentoring and stuff to go along. So, you know, I got a really good quick start in copywriting. But, you know, it's one of those, it's a craft, you know. And um, I'm still studying to this day, you know, 11 years into it. I love it, man. And uh, so several things, several different takeaways from this in your story is first and foremost is, man, you talk about reinventing yourself like over and over and over again from the bike shop to the ski area, to the copywriting, to the financial, I mean, just all over the place, which is wonderful. Again, just putting yourself out there and listening to your heart, right? Listen to that intuition in terms of what fires you up and what gives you that passion. And then to take the risk. I think that's a big one for all of us is to be able to take the risk financially, you know, for you to ask your wife and say, Hey, you know, this is going to be expensive, but I think this is something that I could do. This is something that I could really be into. And then not only making that risk and, and making that investment, but then doing something about it, you know, being in action. So like you said, you know, studying the courses and just, you know, really diving deep into that and then getting one connection to the next connection to the next connection. And then all of a sudden, man, you're like who you are today, you know, celebrity copywriter after 11 years. So <laughs> following that path is just, it always is so inspiring for us. And especially for guys in the tribe right now that are maybe feel a little overwhelmed or, you know, maybe they've lost their way and they're not sure what's next, you know, for you and your story, what's so inspiring is, you know, there's hope guys, right? I mean, you, you can, if you just listen to your heart, if you just, you know, listen to that gut feeling and just get in get into something and begin to get into action and then allow that path and, and trust that path to take you where it's going to take you is, is just so cool. So, so how about on the other side of that? Let's talk about, so this has been a great path, but back to, you said, you know, with the bike shop, you know, you had the, you know, you, you uh, had the bankruptcy and it, you know, kind of took you down clearly financially. How was that for you? You know, going through that challenge and, you know, sometimes it almost feels like a failure, right? And, and what you get, what did you experience through that? And then more importantly, what did you learn? from that process. You know, it did feel like a failure. I felt like an abject failure at, at that 
first point in my career where, you know, where we had to declare bankruptcy. Yep. And, um, you know, it took me a while to get over that. Um, but what I learned, you know, I was still like on this, you know, self-improvement path. And I read a lot of stuff about, you know, being an entrepreneur and, and that. And, um, you know, I learned that, you know, failure is really it's part of the past mm-hmm. path. And you learn more from your failures than you ever learn from your successes. And, you know, it just, it really taught me to be, you know, a little more grounded, maybe be, um, um, you know, be aggressive for sure, but also know when to, know when to, um, when to quit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I am pretty tenacious. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I should have known after that first year of not having um, snow that maybe I should like tone down, you know, what I bought the next year for the ski stuff because I still had a lot of stuff left over. Right. But um, you know, I was aggressive, and I thought, you know, I've lived in this area for you know half my life, and I thought, you know, we never have two years in a row without snow uh, <laughs> in the lowlands. Sure. You know, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, I learned anything can happen, you know, and just be prepared for anything. And, and just the humility, right? I mean, going through a situation like that, and, and I've gone through it as well, man. I mean, I lost everything when I had my cancer back in the day and, you know, to the point where it declared bankruptcy, I had to move in with my parents. You know, I lived in their basement for a while, and this yeah. is after a highly <laughs> successful career with Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor in Orange County and to lose it all. And like you, one of the things that I got was, oh boy, a new sense of humility, right? And a new sense of purpose, really, too. Yeah, yeah. And that's to not let that failure define you, but let it be a springboard. Yep, yep. I, I love the saying, fail forward. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and we've certainly done that. I think a lot of guys listening can, can relate to that as well. And then also what it does is it just propels you on this whole new path. I mean, again, think about it. You had the, the sports store, you know, with the, the bikes and the, and the skis and so on and so forth. And, oh, my God, now you've got a true lifestyle business where you don't have the inventory. You don't have that financial risk. You don't have some of those things that you had before that I would imagine would keep you up in the middle of the night sweating bullets about, oh, my God, how are you going to make it happen if you don't get snow, which is clearly completely out of your control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Right? laughs> that was another great lesson, too, you know, was to was to really to not worry about things that are outside your control. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all do that. Um, well, even when we decide that we won't, there'll be times when we do, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's good to get kind of have that in the back of your mind that, you know, after you, um, um, you know, after you like might flip out or whatever that, and you settle down, then that comes back to you, you know? Sure. Yep. So another thing I got out of your story, I think that's really relevant and helpful for our guys is the importance of coaching right? Because when you had the bike shop and, and the ski shop and you're out there kind of doing your own thing. So you're carrying a lot of the weight and a lot of that responsibility, a lot of the risk. I mean, all of that stuff on your own shoulders. And so, you know, to be able to step out of that and then get into this whole copywriting path, one of the first things that you realized and the first things you did was coaching, you know, going <laughs> to the experts, going to the people that are doing it, the people that have done it. And then rather than you sitting back trying to figure it all out on your own, you're like, you know what, I'm going to make the investment as you did. And it was clearly outside of your budget at that time, which is a big risk, right? And- you know, um, 
Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of the money I spent on mentoring. Um, in fact, one mentor, um, I paid $37,500 for a year and a half's worth of mentoring. Wow, that is huge. And I'll tell you, I've probably spent um, $100,000 easily um, over the last 11 years mm -hmm. on coaching and going to events. And, um, and I really haven't been going to many events the last few years since I started working with Agora. Mm -hmm. um, but I've spent a lot of money. And it's like, you know, my return on it has been fantastic. I've made millions of dollars as a copywriter between my fees and my royalties. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so looking at that, a lot of guys are like, oh my God, a hundred thousand dollars in coaching and mentoring. Like, oh my God, that's incredible. And that's, that's almost insane. But yet at the same time, when you look at it from an ROI, you know, a return on that investment, you're, you're well over 10 times that, you know, you invest. And again, too, it's like going into that and having the mentality that you're going to get your money's worth. Yes. And that means listening to your mentor, doing what they say. Um, and, um, you know, and let their mistakes be your mistakes, you know, right. so that yep. you don't have to make them. Yeah, exactly. Because they've done it, right? I mean, exactly. That, that's, that's what we pay them the big bucks is because, oh my God, they've lost, you know, 500,000 and it only cost you 10,000 to learn those lessons to make 3 million. So it sort of <laughs> makes sense, right? Crazy, huh? Awesome, bro. I love that. I love the fact that you've got the humility because you had been beaten down through the bankruptcy. You didn't let that define you as a quote unquote failure. You know, you, you stood up, you licked your wounds, you looked for, you know, okay, what's next? You know, and use that as a springboard is so inspiring. You know, um, back to that humility, I've really got a new lesson in humility. Um, when I started out in copywriting, you know, I was doing a lot of niche stuff. I was doing, I was one of the go-to guys, you know, for the, uh, like entrepreneur and, um, in internet marketing niche, mm -hmm. um, for years. And, uh, and my stuff just worked. I mean, it just all, almost always worked. Um, my hit rate was like fantastic. You know, it was probably 98%. Mm. And when I started with Agora, um, I'm at a whole different level. It's the most competitive market on earth, really, is right. who they're marketing to. Mm -hmm. And boy, your skills had better be good. And my first promo that I did there, um, it, you know, it converted, but it was like less than 2%. And for me, that was like a huge disappointment. Mm -hmm. But he saw enough out of that promo that he said, hey, I want to sign you to a long-term deal. And he signed me to the long-term deal. And I'll tell you, I you know, really hit the books again. And my um, second um, promo that I did for him was an uh, amazing promo. In fact, it's one of the publisher's four favorite promos over the last 10 years at Agora Financial. Wow. It was called uh, Click Print Gun. It was uh, about um, 3D printing, the um, opportunities in 3D printing and how that was going to be a revolution. Mm -hmm. And But, you know, the thing is that working at this level, um, the very best guys they can be a control. Basically, a control is like the best ad that a um, business has. Mm -hmm. And what we're always trying to do is we're trying to beat that control. Okay. And so that's our game. We're, right. We have to beat controls or we don't, you know, we make a fee, of course, to write the letter. But really, our big money is in royalties. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, 40%, the very, very, very best guys in the financial niche um, beat a control 40% of the time. 
<laughs> so that's been like extremely humbling for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and taught me, you know, again, some, you know, good lessons about that humility and that I know all my stuff isn't going to work and that I needed to like improve my systems to at least get me up to that 40%. percent hmm Mm-hmm. And, and just continue to sharpen that saw, right? To Always. To get better and better and better. So with that in mind, you know, again, we've got a lot of guys that are you know, starting their own businesses or have their own businesses or transitioning into more of a lifestyle business as both you and I have. What tips could you give them from a copy standpoint, you know, by sharing their message? Uh, let's say that they're creating maybe a coaching program or if they've got a home study course or they're wanting to sell something online primarily, what kind of tips or what kind of advice would you give them from a message standpoint to be able to connect powerfully with their audience and to be able to, to have better conversions, to be able to get more clients, to be able to make more money as a result of that? Boy, it's such that's such a deep subject. But you know, really, if we, if you really want to look at the basics, you know, the first basic is um, when you're writing, write conversationally, just like you're sitting down at a bar and you and I are having a beer. That's how you're going to write. Good. It's going to have that kind of conversational um, um, kind of tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is. Don't confuse people, you know, talk about, you know, like one thing at a time mm-hmm. in your copy. It's called the rule of one. And you can look that up online and kind of find out how, how to use the rule of one. Um, the next thing is, is that, you know, people were funny. Um, you know, if I asked you, you know, well, so why did you, you know, why'd you buy a new set of skis a year ago? Mm-hmm. You know, you might tell me, oh, because, you know, I've been looking for a new set of mid fats and I wanted something, you know, about 100, uh, um, 100 millimeters under my foot so I can do it in the powder. And then it also works good on the, you know, on the soft groomers. And so you're going to like give me all those like logical reasons, right? Mm-hmm. But really, you know, buying anything is an emotional decision. Right. And, um, um, and, you know, and you need to speak to those emotions and your copy needs to be emotional and you need to have like one, you know, really, um, you know, overriding dominant emotion that's kind of a theme for your letter. Mm-hmm. And when you speak and, and you, um, when you write conversationally and you've got that emotion in there, you're not confusing people by, you know, say, going all over the board, but you're like explaining like one part at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you an example of that just to, um, so it hits home with people. There's um, a, a guy here uh, locally um, who's really a sharp marketer and he's in the, like the um, survival and um, weapons training niche. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the guy has just got credentials out the yin-yang, and he's really good, and he's very sharp. He's got about a three-quarters of a million-dollar business. Well, he and I were working together a bit, and um, we're working towards me being a partner of his. Mm-hmm. And um, um, we'll see if that happens. But, um, but I've, anyway, so we've been working together here for a few months. And um, so basically, I'm trying to beat his controls. And he's not that great of a copywriter, but he knows his market really well. And he um, um, tests the heck out of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? He'll like test it until it's a good winner. And, um, and so he's got some pretty good stuff with uh, controls that are hard to beat. And uh, one of the controls I've been thinking about three months of how to beat. 
And um, basically what we're doing is we're going to be, um, it's an upsell for a newsletter that he has. And it's a fantastic newsletter with, I mean, guys like uh, that worked with uh, American Sniper and, um, you know, a bunch of cool special operatives guys and, um, you know, and generals and, I mean, you know, just amazing people he's got that write in his newsletter. And, um, and so basically his control was, um, was, you know, hey, I'm going to give you like five of my best courses, you know, um, for free. And, you know, and here's how. And then he talks about the courses and stuff. And, well, you know, and here's how to get it. You know, you just take a trial of my newsletter. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm thinking, you know, man, that's, uh, it's pretty hard to beat free. There's <laughs> right. a hook in copywriting, you know? And, um, and so I thought, you know, I need to come up with some other free idea. And um, there's these things called, um, I learned about, they're called um, tactical pens. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty, very handy. And um, they're a cool, like, personal protection device. Plus, they're um, also cool if you, like, need to get out of a jam. Mm -hmm. um, they can be a, a really cool tool for that. They can, like, break glass and do some other stuff. So I thought, wow, that's a pretty cool idea. And so I'm going to make the upsell about that. And so, you know, the first part of this um, of this ad, you know, gosh, the first probably thousand words or so are all about this tactical pen and how great it is and all the benefits of it. And then, you know, before I move into the newsletter, I decide to amplify, you know, that pen a little bit more by having a cool um, training course, um, the ultimate, um, you know, um, tactical pen self-defense guide. And so we're going to give them that for free too. Mm -hmm. and so now everything is like zeroed in on this, on this tactical pen mm -hmm. and now even how to use it. And I do all that probably in the first 2000 words before I even get to the newsletter. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, um, that's a, a, a fairly good example of how to use that rule of one. Got it. I love very, it. Very, so very important. It, it's the hook, you know, understanding number one, who your market is and what their emotions are, you know, what they want, what they need, what their fears are, like really drilling down. We call it the avatar, you know, having a crystal clear yeah. idea. And then once you understand really what they want, again, more so than, and, and, and taking the time to do the research, because I see so many people out there with their messages that are, like you said, it's just so convoluted and it's all over the place. And a lot of times we are so close to our own work that we just don't see it. I mean, we may think like, oh my God, this is the greatest message in the world and everybody's going to be excited about this and they're going to buy my product or service. Yet you show it to somebody else. They're like, what the hell are you talking about here? I'm, I'm confused, right? And here's where a lot of people go wrong too, that, you know, um, as a copywriter and you're giving it to somebody to read and they tell you they're confused, you know, they'll defend their copy. And instead, you should say, you know, well, where were you confused? Mm -hmm. And you find out where they're confused and you can fix it. Yep. Um, so, you know, taking that feedback is, uh, is a really important thing. <laughs> I love it, brother. And it's like you said, and, and what I love about you, man, is you're so coachable. You're so open. And, you know, by spending the money that you did and making that investment and listening to these guys and coming from a place of humility. And I think that's, again, your breakdown, you know, the bankruptcy and going through all of that created that sense of humility to where you're saying, you know what, maybe you don't know it all. And maybe there are other people in the industry that have gone through the school of hard knocks and they've spent this money and they've wasted and they've learned. And, and to be able to truly learn from them is, 
you know, I mean, it's just worth everything. It's priceless. Right? You know, um, <laughs> a lot of people like, you know, when I've, I've done some speaking before. Mm -hmm. And when I get introduced, you know, they call me like, you know, one of the best copywriters in the world. I don't really feel like I'm one of the best copywriters in the world unless that group's pretty big. Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of guys out in front of me and I know almost all of them. And, um, and to this day, I still learn from them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love it. Mike, thank you so much for your time today and for your attention and for the great advice and for being open, right? Being transparent and sharing your, your truth, you know, the, the wins and the breakdowns and the challenges and the twists and the turns and, you know, being able to reinvent yourself like you have over the years. It's so inspiring for our guys, especially those that are going through very similar scenarios. So, Thank you so much for your time. If guys want to learn more about you, you know, in terms of what you're up to and maybe learn a little bit more about your copy and be able to possibly work with you. www.outsourcecopy.com O-U-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-C-O-P-Y.com Thanks for listening to Epic Men Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Be sure to share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can find us at epicmen.com. Epicmen.com.